AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new Search Engine Marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual Affiliate Bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today with your co-host, Brian Caldwell and Robin Walsh. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about uh, a show that's titled, it's got kind of a long title today, but it's a really important show. Uh, today's title is Quality Results, Leveling the Global Playing Field in Affiliate Marketing. Wow, isn't that exciting? Um, and we're going to be talking with our, our guest, Ben Capetti, today. Uh, he's the manager policy and compliance at Commission Junction. Uh, we do tend to tap some of our experts internal of the network here, but we do want to stress that this is going to be an industry-focused show. Uh, so before I get to today's topics and kind of introduce some of the, uh, the, the topical matters and the bullets that we'll be covering, I do want to mention that you are listening to us today live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. However, I also want to remind everybody that we're available as a, po- a podcast download, either from webmasterradio.fm, or you can find us on iTunes to s- subscribe to the show there. Uh, one last point, we are available uh, on your cell phone as well through the MobileCast network. So um, let's jump right in here. Uh, and just to go back one second, we, we, last week we were talking about vertical markets and kind of how... Um, the considerations you might want to make when you're exploring doing business in vertical markets and retail markets and kind of the lead gen space. Uh, so if you missed that show, uh, be sure to check it out. It's going to be very uh, interesting for you if you have any uh, interest in expanding your business beyond what you do today. But today we're talking about the value of quality and the quality as applied to affiliate marketing. So. I know for a lot of folks, quality means different things, different things to different people. What we thought we would do today is discuss how quality impacts relationships and revenue and how they um, might both both be useful for uh, advertisers and publishers alike, you know, just to take a look at what quality actually means. So we are talking with Ben Capetti who joined Commission Junction back in January of 2005. He, as I mentioned, he's the manager of policy and compliance. Uh, and previously worked as the compliance specialist for the eBay affiliate program worldwide. So he has a lot of experience under his belt from from that angle. Uh, I don't know how many of you out in the audience understand what eBay does in their affiliate program, but it tends to attract um, all types in terms of publishers who want to promote what eBay has to offer. And... um, before, before we get into actually talking with Ben, I do want to mention that he uh, used to work as an insurance litigation law specialist at, at firms in, in Santa Barbara, and he has actually a great deal of experience in, in the world of law as well. So he has an, a, a fairly unique approach to, to what he does. But Ben, I, I think it's Thanks. time to say hi, hi to the audience. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Brian, Robin, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, 
So let's see. We're going to jump right in here. We've got a, a few minutes before our first break. Um, Robin, why don't you lead us off here? Because, uh, you know, I, I kind of introduced us as, as talking about quality, but part of the quality aspect is, is really hinging, uh, dependent on, on trust and trusted, uh, trust with third parties. Right, and, and looking at trust, um, I think that there are, there are many different aspects, you know, in addition to um, looking at what quality actually means. I think it means different things to different people, whether you're coming from an advertiser perspective or a publisher perspective. Um, thinking about trust, I think that's the most important piece between all the, the relationships that are going on. Um, being able to look at, you know, whether it be a network who's, you know, acting as a trusted third party, advertisers need to be able to trust their publishers, publishers need to be able to trust their advertisers to make sure that they're, you know, tracking properly, that they're actually going to pay them for the, the traffic that they're referring. Um, and looking at, um, you know, the, the quality aspects, there are many different areas. Um, one is, you know, return on investment for both the, the publisher and the advertiser. Um, looking at, what, in, in addition to return on investment, what, what's the incremental value? So what is this channel really bringing to both parties? Um, and that's a, a question that's brought up quite frequently. Um, looking at, um, you know, just a lucrative and healthy business all around for all parties involved. Why are we here? Why is this a lucrative business? Um, and then looking at, you know, what, what other items do we need to have in place to get those, uh, to get the, the, the quality um, demonstrated and educated to both the publishers and the advertisers. And I think that that heads into looking at some of the, um, you know, different agreements and terms and conditions. Actually, before we jump in there, I want to make it clear that um, really one of the, a couple of the goals that we're trying to get out of the show is that, uh, you know, advertisers really want to understand that, um, you know, they can trust the affiliate channel. You know, it is a viable channel, and there are a lot of strong reasons behind that, and I know Ben can, can address a lot of that, and also publishers. You know, you want to understand that you're valuable, right? Uh, you're not just a number in the portfolio of an advertiser, someone that's, you know, out there promoting their offers. And um, Ben, I, I know you have a really great analogy uh, to this whole area, so I'm going to hand this off to you. Sure, no problem. I think the analogy uh, that you're referring to, Brian, is the, is the analogy of a, of a marriage. And I think what we're talking about um, is the marriage between sort of the, the advertiser, the publisher, um, and Commission Junction. So it seems a little bit polygamous at first, but uh, I think it'll get a little clearer as, as we go about it. Um, as Robin was talking about there, you know, the perfect marriage looks like this great, you know, sort of high ROI, incremental value for the uh, for the advertiser, a lot of money for the publisher, happy end users, uh, happy network for, for Commission Junction, uh, and the relationships grow, and, and you sort of, uh, the, the uh, I think the cliche is sort of grow old together, right? Um, and, you know, I think when, uh, when everything's working smoothly, that's exactly how it goes, and you can look at it as a very happy marriage. Um, I think a lot of the, the issues and, and certainly the concerns with uh, advertisers and with publishers is what happens when, uh, uh, as we all know, uh, anybody who's ever been in a relationship, things go a little bit sour or things uh, get a little contentious. Um, one of my favorite quotes there is, uh, you know, trust everybody but cut the cards. Um, and I think that's what the uh, the contracts that, that we work with here at Commission Junction and, uh, and certainly within the industry. Uh, and that's, that's where I really want to keep the discussion today is within the industry. But I think with the contracts between, you know, the advertiser and the network and the publisher, that's where uh, that we talk about that trust and, and making sure that everyone is uh, playing by the same rules. Um, one of the things that Robin just touched on were the uh, the advertiser service agreement. Um, I think everybody, every network out there has the same thing where you have a contract between the advertiser and the network, you have a contract between the network and the publisher, and then you have uh, separate contracts between the advertiser and the publisher. So we have all these direct relationships going on um, that sort of have this, this cyclical interplay, if you will. And then, of course, we have the, the overarching industry you know, kind of code of conduct approach, which right. is the generally accepted rules of the, of the game. Yeah, um, just sort of a, an ethical playing ground uh, that, that everybody can, uh, can uh, play upon uh, so we can feel good about what we're doing in the industry and, and really make the affiliate channel as, uh, as viable a market as anything else, uh, which is exactly where it should be. 
Right, and I think these items all play into the maturing of affiliate marketing. You know, the back in the wild, wild west of of the early, you know, affiliate marketing days back in the late, you know, 90s, things have changed significantly where, you know, you had spam marketers, you had, you know, the the obsessive, crazy pop-up marketers, um, and all of these agreements and terms and conditions, and especially the code of conduct, was really put in place to to make this a, a, a legitimate marketing channel for both the advertisers and the publishers. Absolutely, and, and when you talk about the um, the potential of something like an affiliate marketing, you know, when when we look at sort of the philosophical approach of of all right, here you know, here I am as an advertiser, and I've spent so many years building up my brand, or here I am as a publisher, what can I do? Um, you know, it, it's there's so much more potential in saying, all right. I'm going to pay you sort of uh, nameless faces out there to, to get my brand out and help me grow my business. And if, when you talk about that, and that really gets to the theme of our show here, um, we talk about trust and we talk about this tremendous, tremendous potential uh, out there of sort of putting your uh, your trust in somebody else to uh, to help grow your business and to help make your uh, make you money and to help uh, your your end users or your your customers uh, feel loved and and uh, feel part of the the whole cycle. So, so, Ben, what I just heard was publishers, yes, you are valuable, but only as long as you play by the rules. And yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, I, I think that, you know, coming from the publisher side of things, I think that also applies to the advertisers. Sometimes Absolutely. Advertisers things a little bit, uh, a little bit iffy. We'll get to some of that stuff. But uh, the point here is that, you know, sometimes a non-compliant action occurs on purpose, and sometimes it occurs by mistake. And we're going to be talking about what to do if you're feeling beat upon by advertisers or by, our, uh, you know, by a network quality team. You know, let's, let's see what we can do to actually help you figure out how to rehabilitate and uh, not get kicked out of a program so you can keep earning. Before we go there, let's take a quick break so we can uh, keep the lights on here. Uh, you get the chance to, to hear from some of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Affiliate Marketing Today. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh, here with my co-host, Brian Caldwell. And we're talking today with Ben Competti about uh, traffic quality. 
want to remind everybody that if you have any questions or comments or ideas for future shows, you can get in touch with the team here at podcast at cj.com, and that's plural, podcast. Okay, so I think we wanted to jump right into kind of an industry versus network perspective because you know, there is a, a bit of difference between um, the two. All right, Ben? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fairly Absolutely. major <laughs> difference, actually. <laughs> yes. So. I think what, you know, when we're talking about the industry, um, we're talking about the perception of the industry more than more than almost anything. The industry out there is is sort of the, the cycle between uh, um, sort of distribution companies and software companies and, and everybody out there versus the network. And, and I think when we're talking about the network, it's it's sort of, uh, you know, you can use the analogy of, uh, if, you, if we want to go with sports, which is one of my favorite things, we, we're talking about sports in general, we're we talking about a specific game. Um, and I think that the... Uh, the, the network itself is sort of the specific game, and, and there are rules that you uh, you have to play by. Um, one of those rules, I, th- I think, is as Robin alluded to earlier, is the uh, the code of conduct, which is sort of that that uh, that big ethical uh, rule that, that we all try to play by and, and make sure that uh, that if we do play by those rules, you know, that it, it just makes the industry look better as a as a whole and it makes the game look better as a whole. Uh, so what is the code of conduct? The code of conduct is uh, it was written in 2002 and it was written uh, as sort of a joint resolution between uh, some of the biggest players in the industry. I think they were CJ, uh, Performix, and BeFree. Um, and we decided that uh, to, to combat sort of the quote-unquote spyware industry, uh, I've taken. I've. I prefer to use the term malicious software because I think it's a little more uh, descriptive. But um, I think to to combat the spyware industry and and to combat the uh, the relationship that people perceive between affiliate marketing and spyware, um, we wrote up and and everybody signed uh, this document called the Code of Conduct, which is uh, still up on the on the CJ site. And um, uh, I think it's I think it's up on the Performance site. Although I believe Performance uh, has walked away from it uh, in recent months. Um, but it's it's uh, and we're in the process of updating it right now, which I think is a, is a great thing to be more of an industry perspective than uh, just just the affiliate marketing space to really incorporate it in the industry. Sorry, what, what are yeah. some of the general principles? I think the general principles, you know, looking at looking at the code of conduct in in general is is. We don't want to play in in a bad end user experience, right? There's there's a certain set of behaviors that malicious software uh, uh, sort of contributes to. So pop-ups on your computer when you haven't asked for them, and or or software that's downloaded on your computer without your consent, um, and Commission Junction and Be Free and and Performix, and we just said, you know what, we're not gonna we're not not gonna fund this. It may hurt our own bottom line. Um, um, but we're not going to be a part of uh, of this behavior and uh, this business model that is uh, is really irritating people out there, and and in some cases, you know, ruining computers and and going down that path. So, what the code of conduct uh, did ultimately, and I, I think it's really been a shining example of what the industry can do, and a positive step, sort of an ethical step that we can do, um, which is to say, all right, we're every time we find this within our network, or if we find it out there, we're going to speak out against it. And we're going to take every step we can uh, to get it out of uh, of the industry and to separate ourselves from that behavior. So knowing uh, the industry and, and being involved in it for a few years, I, I know some of the, the history and, and looking at some of, you know, the reasons why we have a code of conduct. Can you share, Ben, you know, any examples of some items that really prompted these companies to get together and, and pull this uh, code of conduct or just, you know, a, a value of um, network or traffic quality in general? Sure. I think in 2002, um, one of the big things was uh, was spyware. I mean, it was in Time Magazine. It was in all the big newspapers. And, uh, the, you know, spyware doesn't work if there's nothing there to fund it. Um, the reason spyware is out there, malicious, let's call it malicious software, the reason malicious software is out there is not just to, to shut down people's computers. It's to profit from it. Um, so what we saw are, are certain companies, and, and I'm not sure if I, I want to name specifics, but uh, um, there you can uh, look at Elliot. Spitzer's website and find a few of the ones that uh, that our network kicked out. Um, Elliot Spitzer, for those who aren't familiar, is the uh, New York Attorney General who has uh, made a practice lately of of suing malicious software companies for uh, for behaviors 
Um, so we have we separated ourselves because we were getting numerous numerous complaints about uh, about basically accusing us of funding um, these behaviors and, and telling these companies basically, hey, this is okay. And uh, and certainly our advertisers uh, um, were feeling the, the pinch and, and didn't want to be associated with that behavior. And uh, Commission Junction at the same time, uh, rather than being reactive to it, said at the same time in conjunction with our advertisers, hey, we don't want to be associated with these this either, and, and we're going to take take industry steps to uh, to clear it out. So, obviously, you know, the code of conduct came about in reaction to stuff that was happening in the market, but, I, I, you know, compliance and, you know, paying attention to, to what people are doing from a compliance perspective has been around for a while. I, I'm curious if you know how far back it goes in terms of, you know, trying to police a network or police the, the actions of, of folks out in the wild. Sure. It's uh, I know you know from Commission Junction's humble beginnings, um, and I think for for each of the networks that are out there, um, some form of compliance has always been around. Uh, compliance only exists in with with the uh, um, with when contracts are involved. So compliance, what it means is is being compliant and following the rules of of a contract. Um, basically, compliance prevents or or detects and investigates breach of contract, and, that, and that's a familiar term to uh, to a lot of people, um, you know, hear it in the news all the time. But that's that's uh, where we started. As soon as we had things like the publisher service agreement, and and you know, every single network out there has some sort of agreement that you have to uh, to click through or to, to sign before you can start promoting as a publisher, and before you can start uh, uh, using uh, a network service as an advertiser, uh, you have to uh, to click through, and, and it basically sets forth the rules and and uh, you. You can't just have a lot of times you can't have rules without someone enforcing them, right? Uh, the rule is, is toothless, as, as they like to call it in the legal industry. So, uh, the compliance team um, for each of the networks, and, and um, you know, some are more robust than others, uh, is, is come about to be the teeth and sort of be the incentive and, and to, to sort of be, be the cop that rolls by in the middle of the night in the neighborhood to make everyone feel safe and, and to make sure that, that we're out there and, and, and uh, protecting not only the advertisers but the publishers as well, and, and separating the good from the bad and, and making sure that uh, everyone has, has a good opportunity and it, uh, you know, a couple bad apples don't, don't spoil the whole bunch. Is that something that's um, specific to a, a network affiliate program or is that something that also some of the more private branded programs have? Or for those private branded, is it more in the advertiser's hands to, to really be the, the, you know, the sheriff in town? Well, I, I can't. I certainly can't speak to to some of the more the more private uh, uh, networks out there. I know that uh, almost every network has a certain degree of, of compliance. Um, I know for for a fact that ours is is the largest um, as far as investing in a full team with with over 20 years of experience. And um, when you think about the the age of the industry, I think that's that's a pretty phenomenal number to to have out there. Um, certainly, uh, brand or uh, advertising have their own brand sensitivity and uh, certain advertisers like I, I work with uh, with eBay on a regular basis and eBay is incredibly brand sensitive um, so they they're going to want uh, a little bit more and and they have asked uh, CJ to, to provide that and, and certainly out there it, it depends on uh, your your level of, of service I guess and um, I think it's it's up to the to the industry not only the the network but certainly the advertiser to say this is how I want my brand portrayed or this is this, these are the rules of my game and uh, I want everybody to play within these and I think it's up to them to make those uh, make those as clear as possible right speaking so, from kind of the, the advertiser point of view I'm, I'm constantly on the phone with clients trying to figure out, you know, how to help them protect their brand. Um, and we oftentimes see people, whether it's, you know, search engine marketing, you know, using their brand when, when they really shouldn't. What does an advertiser do or what are the, the proper kind of steps that they should take if they do see a problem? And, you know, what kind of level of severity should they um, expect to, to hold the publisher to? Uh, the first thing an advertiser can do is be as clear in in their communication as as possible, um, publishing their own terms and conditions and making those exceptionally clear. Um, the publisher or the advertiser is the owner of their brand name and decides sort of makes the rules as to how their brand name can be used and and in, in what way certain advertisers are okay with. Uh, 
display URLs in, in paid search. Um, some, you know, having having that brand name right there and, and having uh, affiliates uh, use that brand name. Others are okay with uh, with trademark bidding within uh, within major search engines. And certainly, uh, many are not. Uh, some of the biggest brand names uh, don't want any of that and want affiliates to be sort of uh, more innovative and, and fill in the nooks and crannies, so to speak. But I think the very first thing that, that an advertiser can do is make sure that there is clear as possible, um, when you're uh, you know partnering with people you don't know or partnering with a whole bunch of people as, as in the affiliate space, um, you need to make sure that everyone understands the rules of the game before they start to play it. Um, and as far as the consequences, once you feel like you have communicated very clearly, um, I think it's very important to to understand the severity of the violation. If we have a violation that's somewhat minor, you don't want to go in and and chop people off at the knees. Um, I think that's the wrong approach. Certainly, from from a specific example, I've had numerous publishers within the eBay program who simply, you know, didn't read the rules. Now, yeah, there are punitive actions that need to be taken. You have to be able to read the contracts if you're bound by them. Um, but at the same time, let's let's be, you know, let's be a little bit uh, uh, lenient about about certain violations. You know. Um, not every violation is created equal when you're talking about um, sitting in a room and maybe clicking on your own links over and over and over again. That provides no value to the advertiser. And something like that is going to be dealt with quite severely. But when you're talking about something like maybe a slip in a paid search campaign, yeah, you're going to have to pay a consequence, but let's make sure the consequence fits the violation. Um, and I think understanding that a, a non-compliant publisher can turn into a very productive publisher and uh, that relationship really can be great. If you're going to take it back to the marriage analogy, you know, if uh, if uh, if one partner uh, screws up and and uh, you know doesn't lock the door one day or or uh, I don't know breaks a few dishes, um, you don't you don't kick him to the to the curb, so to speak. You you, you, know, you sit down, and you have a conversation, and and uh, you you repair some things. So I think that's that's really from an advertiser advertiser's perspective. You have to understand. And who you're dealing with uh, on a publisher basis, and and understand you know who you're who you're paying out there, and understand what uh, what their pain points may be, and and how they're going to operate from a publisher's perspective. I think you need to read those contracts. Don't just look for the accept button and click it. Um, it's very important. You know those are legally binding contracts, and you don't want to deal with uh, being on the other side. So try to prevent those violations before they ever happen. And if you don't understand it contract, you know, go go hire a lawyer for an hour and, and have them explain it to you or or certainly ask as many questions to your advertiser or to to uh, your network as, as you can to, to make sure you understand those rules. So I would come at this from, you know, with the presumption that publishers can read contracts. Hopefully they can. If, if not, take your advice and, and, you know, involve a lawyer, involve uh, a friend. Yeah. <laughs> but um, more importantly, for, you know, advertisers are spotting problems, but publishers also see problems. And, sure. and, and sometimes they need help in, in remedying those problems so that you know, uh, the, the playing field is level. And that's really the purpose of the, sh- the show here. Now, uh, we need to look at this from both advertiser and publisher side of things. Uh, so if a publisher were to, to spot a problem, what is a typical remedy, um, both you know, if they're out there in the wild, but also maybe with, their, with a network? Uh, well, I think one of the first, certainly within your network, you can always cl- call your client services representative um, and and have the problem dealt with in that way. I think almost every advertiser in every every network um, provides some sort of email address or some sort of of, of uh, communication avenue that a publisher can uh, can go down. And uh, I think as soon as you spot a problem, point it out. If you think it's it's something where the advertiser is being non-compliant, certainly let your network know. Um, I know from. from from Commission Junction's point of view, we have uh, an advertiser compliance department that is is very busy, um, and they make sure that they hold the advertiser to the same standards as as we hold the publishers and we hold ourselves. So if if you as a publisher see a problem or you have you know tracking issues or you feel like you've had reversals that are unfair, certainly contact your network. Um, if you feel like it's just a it's a simple problem and you need to contact the advertiser um, through the the communication avenues provided, certainly feel free. It should be open communication on all three parts, uh, the advertiser, the network, and the publisher. 
Now, what are good expectations? I, I know that some advertisers and publishers have gotten frantic calls saying something's going on right now. This needs to stop immediately. What's what's the best way, or, or what's a common expectation that both advertisers and publishers should have with respect to resolution timeframes? Well, I think it depends on the severity of the situation. I'm, I, th- I certainly think if you're if you're sending an email, it depends on the day of the week. Um, you know, a lot of these things you don't want a computer to deal with. So we're talking about uh, manpower here, and we're talking about somebody on the other end of the line or on the other end of the computer um, having to read this and, and deal with it. But I think 48 hours is is uh, is certainly a, a realistic expectation to be either called back or emailed back or, or something to that effect. Um, if it's if it's a huge alarm bell, I, I think, you know, uh, probably get on the phone quicker than anything. And, and client services, I think um, all the networks have uh, have excellent client services departments that can are trained to deal with uh, issues like this and, and can certainly put the issue in the right people's hands um, sort of as, a, as an in-between or a mediator there. So I think, you know, when, when you have an advertiser, we'll, we'll take it from that perspective first, when you have an advertiser who says, oh, God, somebody's, you know, destroying my brand or someone's doing something that, that I just can't deal with right now, um, certainly call your, uh, your program management, your account management team here at, uh, or, or out at your network, um, and you should expect uh, e- either to receive an answer educating you as the advertiser, and that's one of the network's jobs is to educate everybody involved, um, and to say, all right, well, this is how you deal with it, or here's the level of severity, and, and tell us, you know, why this is is, uh, is is a big deal in your mind, and and we will take care of it accordingly. Um, but certainly, make sure you understand uh, uh, sort of the, the consequences of that specific action. Um, from the publisher's perspective, I think, um, you know, calling up and, and, like I said earlier, you know, talking to the the client services department is probably your your best bet, or or writing in, using those those communication avenues is is a great thing. So, uh, before we go to another break, um, can can you maybe outline some of the differences between a symptom and a problem? Because I know you know, occasionally we'll, we'll get a, an email or a phone call from someone that spotted something that they think is a problem but isn't really. It's more of a symptom. Sure, sure. I, you know, I think uh, um, we'll, we'll use the analogy of the paid search and, and somebody bidding on a trademark. Um, I had a... Uh, <laughs> I had an interesting issue with with eBay one time, and, and a, a fairly higher up player um, saw someone, and, and you know we we provide a level of service to to some of our our highest clients when they have uh, different levels of service in, in every network, but um, they they have uh, trademark monitoring, which is something we offer um, to. Uh, uh, in specific levels of service, and they found something on a Saturday morning. Um, I think it was Bill Cobb, actually, over at eBay, found a, um, a trademark uh, violation on, on uh, Google on Saturday morning and, and called the affiliate manager at uh, working at eBay and said, you know, somebody's bidding on our brand, and, and uh, the level of confidence there was that I'm sure uh, I'm sure CJ's already gotten this taken care of, and indeed we had on a Friday night. So, you know, you're talking about a symptom, and, and sometimes it, it takes, a you know, 24 hours for that publisher to uh, to pull their keyword campaign or or something to that effect. So I think that's that's a symptom, and and I think the uh, the problem there is is solved because the communication is there, and the rules of the game are very clear. Um, I think when you have someone who is blowing up your program and and clearly doing so in, in a not okay way, um, I think that's a problem that, and that we can we can deal with. Um, I think on the publisher side of things, um, tracking issues. And, and uh, you know, certainly if you're doing independent tracking and, and you see the numbers that aren't gelling with, uh, with what you have found, um, I think that's, that's a problem you want to make, uh, make clear and, and understand. Um, you know, let, let us figure out, let the network sort of guide you as to, to how things are, are going. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly bound by the contracts that we have with publishers and, and to, to take care of those publishers and take care of those advertisers. So uh, let, you, let your network be the, the expert in the field and, and guide everybody sort of down down that path. We hold ourselves to a, a high standard and, and certainly uh, want to deliver on that. Great. And on that note, it's about time to give our sponsors some love. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned.
Classic Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web, web analytics, analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. It's all about links. Baby! Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby! TextLinkAds.com Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. All right, everybody, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Brian Caldwell and Robin Walsh. I almost said Kim Dalzell there. I miss you, Kim. <laughs> no offense, Robin. Um, we're here talking today with Ben Capetti who is an expert in the area of quality, and sometimes that's, that applies to, to traffic, sometimes to other things. But what um, I think we want to talk about next is really about the evolving aspects of affiliate marketing. Because there's a lot of action going on. As, as listeners to the show know, I, I focus on kind of the emerging market space, and sometimes I'll bring in um, what looks like a dog, and suddenly network quality takes a look at it, and they say, hey, this is really interesting. This is really neat. We might need to alter our way of thinking to embrace this new model, but it's something that we definitely want to do. Isn't that correct, Ben? I know we, yeah, we, I would, we I sometimes butt heads at the time. <laughs> we do, we do. Some epic battles there. Um, I think the, the interesting part of um, certainly the business development side and, and the network quality side or the quality team side or, or um, whatever you, you want to call it, in you know whether you're at Google or whether you're out in the, in the network uh, space outside of Commission Junction or, or whatever you want to call it, I think what you have there is two sides of the coin, um, and you're, you're sort of you're butting heads, but I think what comes out of that is it's, it's a positive confrontation. Um, you're putting two perspectives against each other, and, and the, the valid points, the, the real issues are, are being debated, and I think what the, the cream rises to the, the top, so to speak, so that the best decision is, is made out there. You know, a lot of times, um, one of the things that, that I certainly counsel our, our team on, our quality team on here, is making sure you, you think first and, and react second. Um, it's really important to understand exactly what an advertiser's problem is, what a publisher's problem is, what really is going on, rather than just clicking that switch and uh, and cutting somebody off. That's not the right way to go about things. And and I think um, you know turning turning the page there. And Brian, you can you can jump in here at any second. Um, you know, from the business development side, is is understanding those contracts backwards and forwards, and and realizing that you know when you are bringing in in the new people. And, and the emerging markets um, that they're not butting up against uh, a non-compliant activity. Well, I think we do a really good job in our own defense, and, and I think you'd back us up on this, that yeah. we're really trying to apply a heavy dose of ethics to, to any new business model that we're um, contemplating bringing into a network or even working with if I were out in the wild. Um, you know, it, the, the point being that there are a lot of new ideas propagating out there. You know, this is kind of the, the bubble 2.0, as people are calling it. Uh, there's, a, there's a trademark applied to the Web 2.0 space, so we'll, we'll let O'Reilly have a lot of fun with that. Don't uh, infringe on that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I mean, we're looking at social networking, right? Okay, so that's a big play. Everyone's talking about the MySpaces of the world and Tag World and so on, but, you know, they're... they're they have a go-to-market plan as it applies to affiliate marketing, links, banners, whatnot, that 
might be um, might, it might on first glance appear to be similar to say a sub affiliate network right if uh, someone's enabling every member of a social network to um, promote brands and offers of different types but the the, the, the people that are doing the promotions are not actually uh, a network account holder and actively promoting the, the links uh, in, and actually putting themselves out there for, um, for investigation by a compliance department for reviewing, for vetting, then you know, it does have that appearance of, of sub-affiliate networks, but it's, it's really not. It's a social network. It's an enclosed environment that is controlled. It can be tracked back. Any actions that are non-compliant can be traced back to an individual. So, you know, it's, when, I, when I talk with you, Ben, about this type of a thing, you know, I, I really appreciate it when, when you look at it with an open mind. Because as you said, sure. it's much better to uh, think about it first and react second. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something that I try to educate advertisers on as well. You know, um, I think you brought, brought up a great example of, of this sort of the sub-affiliate network, and, and uh, um, there's been a little bit of press, in, certainly in the last uh, year or so, about, you know, the dangers of, of sub-affiliate networks or, or whatnot, and, and I think that's that's overblowing. I think that there are some great opportunities there, and Brian, you just touched on, on quite a few of them, um, where, you know, it is a little scary, you know, Coming from, looking at from an advertiser's eyes, um, to say, all right, well, so I'm putting my hands in all these people's hands, and or, or you know, putting my brand name in all these people's hands, and and wait, they're going to put it in other people's hands, and I don't know any of these people. Uh, you know, that's that can be a little scary, but sure. I think when we're talking about certain controlled aspects of it, and and really looking at the space and and saying, all right, let's clear the slate, let's look at this from from uh, you know, almost with baby's eyes, so to speak, um, and let's see what the opportunity really is here. Um, certainly from a compliance point of view, um, you know, we, we have to draw a line uh, as far as, as the business because, you know, it's a little bit like the fox walking, watching the hen house. If you get too bogged down in, in the growth of things, there, there has to be a line there between the business development side and the compliance side. Absolutely. But I think that you can you can really inch up to that line and, and, uh, and shake hands across it. Um, and that's when, when the best prospects uh, uh, come to the top. Sure. And and, and those examples and and looking at the the sub-networks, I think, you know, looking at the advertiser's perspective, not knowing where your ad is going to to show up is, is, as you said, something that can be very scary for an advertiser. So I think it's important when we're going through and evaluating these emerging markets, and and Brian, I I know that that you do a great job of, of setting the expectation up front. Here's, you know, what the site is. Here are the other sites that may be involved. Here's how you may be, you know, portrayed on those sites. And I, I think that, you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction there, but we need to set that, the advertiser's expectations and let them know how they're going to be presented. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because I know in a lot of cases, when I'm approaching um, a, a, what I would call a publisher, they might not perceive themselves as a publisher yet. But when I'm approaching somebody with a, a new idea, I call them inventors, really, uh, that is doing something new, innovative, unique. It, and I can see that they're going to attract an audience that's... Um, <laughs> would be very fun to try and monetize. You know, they're generally speaking or thinking about the cool new functionality or the new idea and less on the monetization aspects of it. So um, it's actually really interesting because I can walk in there and I can help guide them to um, be compliant with the code of conduct and, and with other aspects of, say, the PSA or the ASA so we can try and mitigate um, any concerns that advertisers might have before uh, any new publisher goes goes live in a network or uh, or elsewhere Mm-hmm. I, I think a, a, a timely quote. There, there was a, a man by the name of uh, Vaughn Smith over at, over at eBay, and he was really a leader in pushing the affiliate space, certainly in the eBay program. But I think really, you know, he's he's a fairly well connected individual. He he said it best uh, a couple of quarters ago when I met with him. He, he said, you know, the publishers are the ones that more than anybody else are pushing the industry. They're the ones out there inventing, and they're the ones out there that are going to bring us to the next best and biggest thing and and it's I think it's a really important thing to to understand that and to to let them uh, sort of pull us and to encourage that uh, that entrepreneurialship and and uh, that that spirit out there and and just say all right you do whatever you know let, let's really see what you can do here are the rules let's make them really 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 uh, clear and and as long as you're within those rules you know have at it 
um, we certainly don't want to be uh, pulling the reins too hard. Exactly. I mean, there's a famous quote, right? Innovate or die. I mean, yeah. and it, it very much applies to this space. Every single month, there's something new that comes out. Every week, every day, in fact, I'll see something new out there in the market. And um, I think it's important not, not to, to tout the quality of a network too much, but it, this is definitely a case where um, you're you're, as an advertiser, you're really in the shelter, the safety of a network because uh, folks such as myself out there looking for the new models that are embracing something that's a little different, a little bit scary until you learn what it is, I'm talking directly with, um, with folks like you, Ben, and mm-hmm. we're coming together and, and vetting that, um, that business process, process or model before it goes live, and we're making sure that any changes that need to be changed are, are in place before any advertisers, brands, or offers are, are put out into the consumer's hands. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. the best time to be pre-qualifying and pre-vetting these new models, as you said. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Okay, so let's have some fun here. What happens when an advertiser overreacts? I know you love this question. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> Jumping to that well, next thing. Uh, what happens when an advertiser overreacts? Well, they they uh, there can be you know some some pretty big reversals involved, and and they can jump on the phone, and uh, you know when they they hit that that uh, that red button, a lot of times my phone will ring, and and you just uh, it's almost I like to use the phrase talking them talking them off a ledge a little bit, <laughs> and uh, understanding that uh, you know my one of my things uh, that I after I came to Commission Junction, one of the things that I, I've really pushed hard for, and I think. Uh, I've, uh, we've really succeeded, and I think the industry is seeing this uh, as well. So it's it's certainly not just uh, just our thing, but is the idea of rehabilitation um, for for a publisher and and understanding that you know sometimes contracts do look like uh, stereo instructions a little bit. So um, making sure that uh, we're doing the right thing. I, I certainly know um, the new school of legal thought, uh, as far as the contractual world goes, is to uh, this idea of legalese and and getting rid of that so so uh, as one of my old bosses used to say he's like you know he handed a brief back to me and said this this isn't going to cut it i need you to write as if you're you're uh, expecting a sixth grader to uh, to read it and uh, that really stuck with me and i think that's the way if you start looking at contracts out in the industry and and uh, publishers when you when you see those New terms and conditions and new contracts out there. Um, I think you're going to see a new style of writing that's that's much easier to comprehend and and written sort of for the common man um, to understand. Which is not saying that the common man can't understand legalese or isn't intelligent enough to do it. It's just that uh, it's, it's somewhat uh, archaic and and uh, I don't think anybody has the time to to pull out a dictionary and and uh, look up every every third word or so. So and you know how I think when an advertiser overreacts to a problem, I think one of the things that happens happens is that uh, um, they're cutting off a, a potential lucrative relationship there, and, and and they're certainly damaging relationships, and it's certainly uh, a lot easier to, uh, to coax uh, compliance out of somebody and really go back and, and rehabilitate and teach them the rules of the game than it is to, you know, hit them over the head and, and then try to repair the relationship later. It takes much more effort. Um, so advertisers, I, I think, need to be patient and understand that uh, certain violations out there, uh, you need to you need to take a step back and, and understand and, and certainly make the consequences there, but uh, make sure the consequences, as I said earlier, uh, fit, the, fit the crime. So rehabilitation, and, and you found, has, has worked, has been a positive. Yes. Oh, I think rehabilitation. It, you know, I, I love saying, you know, there's been a couple statistics, and, and I, won't, I won't go into uh, to absolute details on, on programs or anything like that, but there's there's a couple violations where, you know, I, I see a 96% compliance rate after, after a single warning, and I think that speaks volumes as to, you know, oh, sort of the oops factor, right? Oh, my bad, I, I didn't, you know, I forgot to read it and and uh, those publishers go on to be you know top 10 top 25 publishers and and really just say all right you know that's that's great i mean if you look at i heard a, a quote from a, a movie the other night that was talking about thomas edison you know tried some like 200 or 2,000 times to, to create the light bulb, and, and someone asked him what it was like to fail that many times. He's like, well, I didn't fail. I just learned 200 different ways not to make a light bulb. Um, so I think, you know, uh, obviously we don't, uh, 200 times is a little excessive, but uh, I, I certainly think that uh, when people make mistakes, 
um, let's make sure that uh, that we're not hitting them over the head with a frying pan and, and dragging them out. Um, let's let's make sure we we they understand their mistakes and they understand the consequences. Um, but let's let's coax them down and rehabilitate them into a, a really productive publisher. I think it helps every part of that that affiliate marketing uh, cycle we talked about. And and going back to the marriage analogy, it, it makes that marriage that much stronger. I think that also in, intention plays a, a portion into that rehab aspect. So if somebody does an oops, rehab will hopefully work, you know, nine times out of ten, if not more, for that oops-type publisher. But what about those publishers that are out there that are the, a little more fly-by-night, they, they join a program and you know, they have their little quickie marriage, and then something happens and, and they're, you know, bidding on trademarks when they're not supposed to, and it's hard to get in touch with that publisher and have them stop. What's a realistic expectation for an advertiser, or what kind of reaction should they be taking with those types of publishers? Well, I think that that goes back to um, certainly the the team that I work with here at, at uh at our company and, and certainly the teams that are out there within the industry, which is, you know, um, understand that, that, uh, that cop that's rolling, rolling by the, the neighborhood every single night, he's going to stop eventually and he's going to stop, uh, you know, when needed. And, and that's something that, you know, when a publisher, uh, sees one of, one of my guys, it's, it's usually too late. Um, so, you know, we're going to make sure that those, those people with the intention of, of, uh, really taking advantage of the situation and, and uh, not thinking about the, the rest of the, the cycle out there and the rest of the uh, <laughs> the commercial ecosystem, if you will, um, making sure that uh, that they're they're kept out of the out, out of the loop and, and that they're taken care of very quickly. And I think when you're talking about an advertiser's program, you can understand that that there are teams out there looking out for the advertiser's best interests and and certainly separating the the oops guys from the uh, you know taking advantage of of a situation. Guys, um, those guys, we you know, a lot of times, you know, if somebody's out there and it's very clear that their their only intent is to make money as fast as they can and in whatever manner they uh, they care to make it, and, and they don't have any respect for the rules, they're going to be treated as such, and and uh, it's not something that uh, either our advertisers or the network or or the industry wants to deal with, and and uh, so we'll we'll send them on their way, and and uh, fairly harsh consequences for for those people. Uh, I was just going to uh, interject there. I, we have to go to break, but is any publisher that's out there thinking they can get away with it one time, um, that's not always the case. So it's better not to risk it in the first place. But with that, I'm going to take us out to break real quick so we can, uh, again, feed the, the children of our poor sponsors. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned. Last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. All new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T. HOST.com. When you expect more from your web host. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, 
Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh here with my co-host Brian Caldwell, and we're talking to Ben Capetti about quality. And uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you can reach us at podcast at cj.com. So let's head back in, and uh, Ben, I think we're going to switch gears a little bit and start talking about some of the, the tools that are available when looking at quality. Sure. I think, you know, some of the tools that, that are out there, uh, you know, th- there's a portion of compliance out there that, that um, will always remain manual, um, and that's that's a good thing in, in making sure that, uh, you know, we don't have tools that are, that are just going after people and, and, uh, and you know, making the consequences and, and uh, uh, acting on the consequences uh, without uh, that manual thought and, and sort of uh, compassion that goes along with that. That said, you know, I think the industry and, and certainly the networks are pushing every single day and something that uh, that I'm doing every single day, which is to make those tools better and to, to reduce the false positives that are out there and to make sure that we're really hitting on, on those people that need to be hit on. Um, so I think, you know, the, the behavior Behaviors that, that we're going after, the, the forced clicks, the uh, automatic redirections where you're dropping cookies, um, the, the self-inflated leads, and, the, and uh, the trademark bidding, domain name infringement, otherwise known as uh, typo squatting, things like that. We're really souping up those tools to, uh, to find those, those positives and, and to go after them in the most efficient but uh, in the best way possible, sort of the we should be doing it this way uh, type thing. And, and I think that the tools will only get better from this point on. I think one of the exciting things is that those tools, you know, for the advertisers out there, and certainly for the publishers as well, those tools run 24 hours a day. So it's not as if uh, a behavior can be done at night somewhere. and and, Seven days uh, a week, too. Seven days a week, yeah. It's it's not like somebody needs to be sitting back there uh, pulling levers the whole time. uh, the, The data is always there. I, I, I just mentioned that because I know there are a lot of um, PPC publishers that try and get away with things on the weekends because they think that advertisers aren't around to watch. Sure. And that's simply not true. You know, if, 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 and this applies to both advertisers and publishers. If you think you can get away with non-compliant stuff, you can't. We'll find you. Absolutely. And I think that goes to the industry as well. You know, we the industry is not uh, just domestic here in the U.S. It's it's a worldwide industry. And with the worldwide uh, uh, sort of opportunities also is, is worldwide sort of Watches and and we do have people all around the world that are that are watching this activity and making sure that the uh, everything is safe for for uh, all the uh, the parts of the affiliate marketing marriage, if we if if you will. Exactly. So, um, do you want to get into maybe talking about a few things that uh, might get flagged as as non-compliant? Sure. Yeah, I, I threw out a few terms earlier there, and, and I think that, you know, um, what publishers should keep in mind, and we'll start from the publisher's perspective, and then we'll go to the advertiser side, uh, what publishers should keep in mind when, when they're setting up their affiliate marketing relationship and they're really uh, uh, promoting somebody else's brand is, is, you know, what kind of, first of all, what kind of value are, are you bringing to that advertiser? Why are, why are they paying you and, and, and whatnot? So if you keep that in mind, and the second thing to keep in mind is, what is the end user experience like? Um, is this a positive thing? Is someone sitting at their computer like enjoying the whole experience? You know, if they click on a, a URL and, and they're taken somewhere they don't want to be, that's that's a negative experience. You know, a lot of times we call that uh, forced clicks or automatic redirection when you're dropping a uh, an affiliate cookie on them. Uh, that just just thinking in that direction. Um, I think when you're when you're dealing with uh, paid search marketing, um, make sure that that you're uh, um, you know, one one of the examples that, that I use that is uh, sort of, you know, it's 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 a shame it happens. But when you're a paid search marketer, I remember back in uh, back in I think it was August when Katrina happened, or even farther back when uh, when the tsunami happened. You know, I, no one wants to see that paid search advertisement for buy a tsunami victim on eBay. I mean, that that's just some of these things are uh, are uh, out there, and and you know, we want to make sure that the publishers understand that that you have a responsibility that goes along with this business so so keeping you know your paid search campaigns clean and and making sure that those automatic redirections and and the self submittals or you know things like that are, are really out so uh, i think i think some those are some of the examples the typo squatting um, is is certainly a big issue these days and and malicious software you know if you're going to partner with someone out there um, let's make sure that you you understand who you're getting uh, who you're you're going 
going to bat with and, and who you're doing business with. Um, make sure you do a little some a Google search or use uh, SiteAdvisor, which is a great product by McAfee uh, that's out there. It's, it's a free download. And, and understand, you know, if you're going to sign a contract with a distribution partner or someone else out there, you understand the behaviors that they're engaged in. Um, I think from the advertiser's perspective, please make sure that that tracking is, is dead on and that you're, you're you know, consistently sort of auditing your, your traffic and, and making sure that, uh, that your publishers are, are going to see what they've worked so hard for uh, and make sure it's, it's accurate and uh, that relationship just keeps going as smoothly as possible. And I think that's some, certainly something um, the networks out there hold themselves to, a certain level of, uh, of professionalism and, and making sure that the, uh, everything's greased and, and, uh, and working as smoothly as we can. Wow. This has um, been a fantastic hour. Can you believe it's already been an hour? <laughs> uh, yes, we are out of time. This has been really interesting uh, chatting with you, Ben, because this is, uh, I hope, helped out a lot of folks so they can avoid uh, ever having to talk with you. <laughs> um, we are at the end of the show. Um, Robin, did you have anything to add? Um, no, aside from, you know, setting expectations on both sides, again, is, is kind of my, my common thread of advice for both advertisers and publishers, and uh, the quality aspect plays right into that. Exactly, and, and again, you know, the, uh, the common thread that, that I've been um, talking about for show after show after show is really about open communication. You know, publishers, make sure you can be found, make sure you can be contacted, make sure you reach out if you see a problem, make sure you respond to an advertiser if, if they're inquiring um, of you something that they think might be a problem, uh, and vice versa. You know, advertisers, you need to be responsive to your publisher needs as well. So uh, as long as there's that open communication, then everyone can avoid getting flagged and potentially facing a problem with uh, that might stall uh, revenue generation. So absolutely, I think I think it's important to add there, Brian, that make the networks out there make sure you're you're responsive uh, to to both parties there as well. Hold yourself up to that that standard that uh, you'd like everybody else to play at. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you again very much, uh, Ben Capetti. You're, thank you're an you. awesome guy. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun <laughs> talking in the future. Um, Robin, thank you for, for joining me on the show again. This is a, a lot of fun. We're getting our, our repertoire back and forth going. Yeah, um, looking forward to the next show. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us for Affiliate Marketing today. We're out for the night. 